0: Hey there, Jonathan Bailey-Strong here, host of this podcast and founder of Spotlight Podcasting, the agency that does all the production behind the scenes for this show. Now, I wanted to let you know before we start that we are actively seeking guests for this podcast. So if you are, or you know of an established consultant that's doing over six figures in business annually, please send them our way. All they have to do is head on over to leadersofconsulting.com forward slash guest. So welcome back to Leaders of Consulting. Today, I'm here with Darren Sudman. Darren is the founder of Unless, which is an outsourced corporate social responsibility uh, consultancy where he helps businesses create a culture of engagement. So Darren, thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's great to have you on. I think you're, the the topic of corporate social responsibility is a really interesting one that we haven't quite broached yet, so I'm quite eager to, uh, to get stuck into this. Uh, but first of all, can you lead us off with a unique approach, tip, toler or strategy that you've picked up during your career that you think other consultants should really know about?
1: Yeah, uh, I decided that, uh, that I wanted to share something interesting with people. Uh, I know that we tend to uh, market ourselves by promoting our, our good or service and keep things very business focused. And so I wanted to take a different approach. And I do two things actually. Every Friday on LinkedIn, I have a post that is uh, good things happen in Philadelphia. Uh, and so that is just a uh, one way for me to kind of spread good news of, uh, it's usually a company, small company, that's not doing what it normally does, but it's using its resources to, To make a difference in the community, and uh, I, you know, I the idea came to me when uh, the former president was railing that bad things happen in Philadelphia. So I decided that we would we would turn that around and and promote good things. Uh, So that's one thing. But the other thing I do is my database gets an email from me once a month, and uh, it's just to share a really cool story about someone inspiring that I've come across over the last month. Uh, because i think that our inboxes are full of business and trash and uh, and hopefully uh, by doing that uh, people appreciate me kind of interjecting something light and meaningful into their lives and uh, and then i'm kind of uh, I, I don't disappear i'm still kind of in in their mind
0: oh, i love that yeah um so i'm very i'm quite curious when it comes to your good things happening in in philadelphia are there any particular examples that come to mind or or stand out for you
1: yeah i mean there's a couple uh two of my favorite stories are um there's a guy named david sylvester who is a a personal trainer at a kind of a an old school swanky uh social club here in philadelphia and he decided after 9-11 that he would start giving out hugs to people just his way of making the world seem a little kinder and uh, they wrote up an article about him uh, about a year ago. And uh, I highlighted it because he's traveled all over the world. And I think he's given out over a million hugs since mm. 9 11. And I just think that that is just such a simple thing that can have a huge impact. Uh, so I, I highlighted that story. Uh, another story is more recent there's a, um, an SEO agency here in town. And it's run by a guy named Will Reynolds. And uh, a recent article was written probably in the last three weeks that uh, Will was offered $50 million to sell his agency. And he turned it down because he likes the people he works with. He likes the impact that they're having in Philadelphia, in the community. And he wants to uh, kind of be in charge of that path. So, uh, you know, it's stories like that that really kind of make me pause in whatever i'm doing during the day and, and think about you know what's really important and how we can all uh, make the world a better place and and be a little bit kinder to each other
0: yeah and will reynolds that that name rings a bell he, he so he runs seer interactive doesn't he that's the yes. name of the right we we had a previous guest on called tom critchlow who's also very heavily hold um very heavily involved in seo so i'm have a feeling that there may be some kind of relation there. Anyway, that's something for me to look up afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Um, you know, spreading spreading um interesting stories about, you know, what your your peers are in your in your local neighborhood. And I'm I'm curious, like, as a result of that, of what kind of outcomes or like people have you gotten to know through that? I'm sure by highlighting those those positive things in your community, that can only bring people more closer together, right?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the short answer is that I usually end up getting to engage with those really cool people I'm highlighting, yeah. which just enriches my life. Uh, I can't really quantify what this strategy does for my bottom line, but I would much rather put myself out there this way than um, than just, you know, shove my services down your throat. Keep reminding you of what I do.
0: Yeah. And I'm curious where, where the idea originally came from. I mean, obviously, you mentioned that there was that uh, point where one of our leaders decided that nothing good was happening in Philadelphia. And so that was, that was a good reason. But was there, was there a particular conversation you were having where you said, you know what, it'd be good to, or was it something else that really sparked that?
1: No, you know, the, the good things happened in Philadelphia. was really just like a, a reaction to like, that's not true. Look at this, and then it just turned into, oh my god! A year's passed, and I just did it every Friday. So I'm just going to keep doing it. And in, ter- in terms of the newsletter, I knew that, I knew that I needed to find a way to engage with my network, my database, uh, and I honestly didn't know how to do that. Mm. Uh, I, I'm not a a big uh, big networker, big social guy big small talk guy so I needed to find a way to do that and this was just kind of an authentic way this is if if you and I ran into each other and sat down this is the kind of thing that that I'd probably end up talking to you about so it just it just felt very real and kind of non-threatening and and value adding so I I went with it
0: yeah yeah I think it's also really interesting to discover what's actually lies on your on your doorstep sometimes you just have no idea until you really taking initiative and seek those things out
1: you definitely do uh you know you're the i'm not generating the stories uh i'm just finding them through google searches but uh but yeah these aren't stories that that you hear about when you turn on the news every night so it it is kind of nice to to put a little bit of uh goodness into people's minds
0: yeah It, it kind of reminds me of uh i i actually studied music at university and i did an exchange year in spain and one of the things i enjoyed doing was and this was actually part of a it was a uh, it was a course assignment we were given uh was to create some kind of do, you know documentary and i went and started documenting the local music scene in this small student town in spain salamanca and uh it was incredible like i found all these jazz bands these i found like there are there was like this sort of version of Radiohead there and there were all these bands that were around for you know a year or two and then they just completely disappeared uh but just being able to actually like document and find all that stuff out was amazing you never realized like how much talent and you know in sort of interesting people you never imagine actually live on your doorstep
1: absolutely it's it's and that's i guess one of the, the good things that's come out of uh the internet is that your ability to find all of this talent Mm. you don't you don't need to go to the record labels it's not like uh, a once in a generation voice Mm -hmm. there there really is there really is amazing things and amazing people all around us
0: yeah yeah and and i'm curious like actually one of the ways that i was able to find that much was just by talking to the right people or finding someone who was extremely knowledgeable and said, Oh, you really need to go and talk to all these people and that band, this person. Have you found that in your local community as well? There are some people that just seem to know everything that's going on.
1: Totally. Yeah. Excellent. There, there are people who are, who are uh, wired the opposite of me and they are just always out there talking to everybody. Yeah. yeah they are, but they are priceless to know.
0: Lovely. Awesome. So, so moving on just a little bit here, I'd love for you to also share now, usually, as I was saying to you earlier, um, we don't necessarily tend to talk too much about the why or the backstory, uh, that people have, but I think you you have one that's quite relevant to the work that you do. So I'd love for you to share maybe a formative experience that you had, uh, that led you to, to work in your, in your field and your domain and that informs your, yeah, basically your work, your work today.
1: Sure. Um, you know, so right now I'm I'm helping businesses imagine and implement corporate social responsibility campaigns. Mm-hmm. And I had done that before in a corporate role, but I think what led me to to start this company a year ago was um a tragedy that that my wife and I experienced about 17 years ago. Our three-month-old son, who's our second child, was taking a nap and he didn't wake up. And as a result of that, we got our hearts checked, and my wife found out she had a heart condition that is linked to Sid's deaths, as well as one of the conditions that can cause student athletes to collapse and die. And uh, sudden cardiac arrest in kids wasn't a subject that was being discussed. Uh, and these heart conditions are detectable and treatable, and we just felt like something had to be done. So we started an organization called Simon's Heart and uh, created a heart screening program for schools and. Uh, Built a digital registry so we could help promote research. Uh, We've gotten a a law to raise awareness among uh, student athletes, coaches, and parents in 15 states. And so, in that process, uh, where I was a volunteer in the beginning and then executive director for eight years, I I found companies that were really aligned with kind of what we were doing Um, and not just companies that were. Going to be a a check or a, a T box sponsor. Um, so to give you an example, uh, the the sport of hockey has an overtime period called sudden death, and so I thought it would be really impactful since that's our audience, you know, sports fans and student athletes and parents and coaches to to try to get uh, the Philadelphia Flyers to help raise awareness. So uh, we came up with a program called the overtime challenge. And every time the flyers went into sudden death overtime, we would promote education through social media, but then we would also donate an automated external defibrillator to a local youth facility. And so what that did is that every time we went out and made the donation, because it's the flyers, the news would be there too. So it'd be another opportunity to raise awareness about this. Um, But I, I did it because of the the connection, uh, the, the essence of the game, uh, related very well to to our mission, and so uh, that's one of my favorite things to to kind of imagine and and create. And so when we brought in a new executive director, I thought that uh, it'd be a really great place for me to add value to help other companies do that, so that their their giving could be more impactful, their uh, activities could be more. Uh, engaging for their employees and and um more captivating for for customers and and clients and so that's uh that's kind of the experience that i had that uh that led me to where i am today
0: yeah that's that's quite a story there (laughs) and that yeah and so i'm curious like when when you you mentioned you know so how some companies may see it as as a tick box what how do you help people sort of come around to a different way of thinking or or how do you how do you educate people to understand that corpor- corporate social responsibility is more than more than just that
1: so uh trying to to make them realize that, that there can be a different mindset you know for for so long companies have thought that their only objective is to serve the shareholders or to serve the investors if, if they're not a, you know a publicly traded company mm-hmm. uh, and that and that giving might be something you have to do that it's charity but it's actually can be more sophisticated than that the, the giving if it's intentional and if it's aligned with your values and, and your backstory uh, and and the um, the skill sets of your workers can be something that can really elevate your brand. Uh, elevate engagement among employees, uh, and at the same time, accomplish what you were doing before, which is maybe send a little money to a particular cause, and, and maybe make and, and definitely make the world a better place. So, um, what I find is that a lot of companies are giving randomly. So, the most they get out of it is feeling good and a long list of nonprofits on a web page. Uh, but but they can really get so much more out of this activity if they're, if they're more intentional and authentic.
0: Yeah. But it sounds like it can potentially be something that becomes very integral, integral to a company's mission as well at the same time.
1: Absolutely. It it can, um it can be a part of it uh, because let's face it, there are so many jobs out there that are just uninspiring by nature. You know, we, we push paper, uh, we make phone calls, uh, we make sales calls. So, by figuring this out, you create a collective purpose among your employees uh, and uh, and give them something else to come to work for.
0: Yeah. And for and for companies that do find them in the, themselves in a position where all of a sudden, for whatever reason, corporate social responsibility has come to the forefront, it's now they're cognizant that they should be paying more attention to it. Is it. Are there any particular starting points that you recommend people start off with or any particular like resources where you direct people to or or
1: yeah it it usually starts with um kind of a self-reflection i mean you know there's um on on the web that i'm sure that there are um questions that you can ask yourself but but it's really about you know why did our company start when did it start uh what what value do we add to society? What unique skills do our employees have? What what assets can we bring to a cause that will provide meaning to uh, to our team and provide value to the cause? Uh, And uh, and so that's a good starting point is to just try to imagine what cause you could align with. and uh, And I want to point out that that doesn't mean that you can't give to a few causes. You know, since the beginning of time. Philanthropy has also been used as a business development tool you You give to a cause that's important to a prospect or to the chairman of the board or you know a senior executive. that's still fine. You can still have your business development uh money um uh, but it's important for the for the collective purpose to have that one cause that everybody focuses on and works toward
0: Mhm yeah and and over time have you seen? A difference in approach to corporate social responsibility? Or are there any other changes that have happened over time that are quite obvious to you?
1: Definitely, Uh, you know, the the fact that it's even being talked about now is very different than 10 years ago, you know, 10 years ago, corporate social responsibility uh, was a was a word that was talked about on the fringes and, and practiced by, you know, the the patagonias of the world and the tom shoes of the world you could you know count them on your hand and yeah. you knew who they were uh but today it's getting to be mainstream and uh that's largely due to uh the fact that bigger brands are now embracing it uh it's also due to the fact that there's a a group called the business roundtable that's um, comprised of 189 CEOs from the largest corporations in the United States and they got together a couple years ago and said No longer will companies just focus on returning value to shareholders. It's now important for uh, companies to focus on returning value to stakeholders. And stakeholders include people like um, suppliers and employees and the community and shareholders. Uh, And so that shift, that announcement, uh, really kind of, I think, gave people permission or an incentive. To change the way that they're looking at their business and realizing that in order to stay competitive, uh, they're going to have to change the way they treat their employees, uh, the way they present themselves to, uh, to their customers and the way they engage with their community.
0: Yeah. And I'm curious, do you think there are any particular factors that have driven that change? Is there Are there particular reasons why companies feel more inclined that way these days?
1: Well, I mean, one big reason is the change in, uh, the generation that is represented in the Mm -hmm. workforce. So, uh, 2016, the millennials became the largest generation in the workforce. And there's a lot of data that shows that, uh, millennials expect employers to, to do good, uh, to make money, but also to make their communities a better place. And, uh, And they're not asking questions like, how much vacation time do I have? Do I get healthcare? They're asking things like, what causes do you support? Um, And how do you make the world a better place? Yeah. And so if if you don't have a good answer for that question uh, today or in the next few years, then those employees, those prospects are going to go work for another company. Yeah. Uh, And those customers might go uh, shop from another company. So, uh, so that's a big driver. Uh, and then, you know, I don't know what's going on with, with the great resignation or the, the great reallocation, whatever the the buzzword is today. But, uh, again, it's, uh, it's a great corporate social responsibility is a great way to engage employees and connect with customers. And so when things are, uh, as fluid as they are now and uncertain as they are now, you want to stand out for the right reasons.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm curious, like, have you come across any particular um, misconceptions or, or mistakes that people tend to make in this area that you see happen time and time again? Are there any that stand?
1: Um, yeah, you know, so some people think that this is all just a bunch of nonsense, and and that's fine. You can't really convince them otherwise. You can give them time to to see the the data, uh, but. But also, some companies do it for the wrong reasons. They, they do it because they think that, uh, that they're checking a box, and, and that gets them into trouble because people are very good at detecting when you're, you're just kind of placating them and going through the motions. So if you make a big announcement about how this cause is important to you, but uh, you don't follow through, uh, if you make a, an announcement about how diversity is important to you, but your workforce all looks the same. Uh, Those uh, those catch up, you know, following George Floyd's murder, uh, billions and billions of dollars were pledged to help uh, promote uh, social justice by big corporations. And um, as of the last few months, uh, most of those dollars have not yet been allocated. So, you know, we need to follow up the talk with the action. And uh, and I think that that's probably one of the biggest mistakes. that that a company could make.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm curious, like, so obviously in your, your work, you, you have different frameworks that you use and there's a, there is a particular tool that you mentioned. Um, I'd love to you for you to tell us a little bit more about the, the purpose intelligent quotient.
1: Yeah. um, So I created the purpose intelligent quotient or purpose IQ to help um, business owners start to uh, understand what it means to have purpose because i feel like that's a it's a word that's vague it's a word that gets overused and uh and i know that when you're running a business the last thing you want to do is think that you have to stop and go on a week retreat and not speak to anybody and burn incense and and meditate And and it's not that so the purpose iq is just some questions that we created to help get a business owner's head wrapped around the types of issues and questions they should be thinking about uh, as they define their company purpose and try to create a, a culture of engagement.
0: Fantastic, and we can find that on your on your website. Is that right?
1: Yes, uh, unless dot one, O-N-E.
0: Fantastic. Um, great. And finally, as as we wrap up here, Darren, is there anywhere else where people should go to find out more about the work you do or, or connect with you online?
1: Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, again, usually sharing interesting and, and good information rather than uh, promoting my wares or services. So I love to uh, engage with people on LinkedIn. But then I also go to, uh, if you want to learn more, about corporate social responsibility uh there's a great podcast uh that's uh, hosted by Carol Cohn called uh, Purpose 360 uh that uh highlights all of the the major companies that Carol has worked with uh to create corporate social responsibility campaigns so there's there's a lot of inspiration to be found there as well
0: yeah fantastic i'm curious how how did you how did you discover that show Were you did you purposely seek it out or how how did it land across your lap.
1: I did. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, just type in different words into the, the Apple podcast app yeah. and, and seeing what comes up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great. Well, that's, that's another show to add to my list of things to listen to. Definitely. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. Well, Darren, I, I just want to say thank you so much for, for taking the time to speak to us today. And it's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. It was a uh, fun to hang out. I appreciate it.
0: Cheers. Thanks for tuning in. And if you're interested in learning more about what it takes to launch a podcast as a consultant, including everything from positioning strategy to how to monetize, be sure to check out our other show appropriately named Podcasting for Consultants. You can find that by searching on just about any podcast player or at the website podcastingforconsultants.net.